Cybersecurity is like a battle with no end. But with the right people, your organization can stay that crucial step ahead. And you've got to build what my next guest calls a resilient cybersecurity culture. John McCumber is Director of Cybersecurity Advocacy for North America at the cyber training nonprofit ISC Squared. And he joins me now. Mr. McCumber, good to have you on. It's great to be here, Tom, and it's good to talk to all my colleagues in the federal government today. All right. So workforce is on the top of many cyber professionals' minds, many agency program managers' minds, and you talk about a resilient cybersecurity culture. What is that? Well, that was actually an offshoot of our 2018 cybersecurity workforce study. What we wanted to do when we saw the initial results was to drill down in specific areas that we thought were going to be important. So what we did was uh, went out and did a follow-on survey to say, well, what does make uh, for a, a strong culture? What what are people looking for as in, and people seeking employment? And what also do uh, organizations seeking to build this culture, what what uh, do they share? What traits do they have? So that's what the focus of this study is on. What are some of the findings? What did, What is it that they told you makes the kind of culture that would attract the people that can handle cybersecurity? And that's exactly what we wanted to find out. What they're telling us is that they want to know that management supports this broader risk management uh, understanding for their organizations. So they, uh, they, the 97% say that their top management understands the importance of a strong cybersecurity practice. And then not only that, but then reinforces that message throughout the organization. And again, an astounding 96% indicate their policies align with the board of directors' cybersecurity strategies. And then actually, surprisingly, 86% say they're properly staffed with the cybersecurity expertise. And to get the right people, assuming you have those pieces in place, you have top management support, and this goes for federal agencies and commercial operations also, and yep. the policies are there that company supports it. What do you do then once you have people at your door that might like to work there? That's a great question. And, and what we really wanted to, to see and what we learned from this study was that the, the, the critical importance of understanding detailed and accurate position descriptions. For many years, it's been the bane of those of us in the profession is that there's not been a connection between the security hiring manager and the, the, somebody needs that and then with human resources and recruiters. So we're seeing that uh, grow significantly, a much better collaboration between these three organizations as they endeavor to find the right talent. And it's all about being very specific and focused on what skills, knowledge, and ability that you expect from the men and women that you bring into your organization. And I thought KSAs were the bane of federal agencies, but sounds like would-be cyber people coming in want that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's great work being done at the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education, known as NICE. Uh, Rodney Peterson and his team there have done a lot of of really seminal work over the last several years to define what this uh, profession looks like, what skills are necessary, and the broad, you know, just map the entire broad spectrum. They've done a mapping. And, of course, we here at ISD Squared and others make sure that we can demonstrate where our certifications, our training, map against their specific requirements. Now, cybersecurity as a profession can mean a 100 different jobs. Some of them are strategizing and some of them are policy development. Others are looking at screens and typing code and pushing buttons. And so does that need for clarity extend beyond the purely technical jobs? It definitely does. 
because uh, one of the things that we get challenged on a lot here is, is, is in my role as a director for advocacy is they'll say, well, wait a minute, you know, these certifications, they're like a mile wide and an inch deep. And the answer is absolutely they're a mile wide because our career field is a mile wide and a mile deep. So what we endeavor to do is create a framework for people to build their career from. And part of doing that is making sure they, uh, when they go to hire people, can ex uh, express specifically what the skills are and the knowledge that people need to bring to the table. And then, of course, uh, working with hiring managers, with human resources and recruiters to make sure there's a consistent message for the entire breadth. And exactly as you said, this isn't just a job for pen testers, vulnerability researchers or threat analysts. There's, you know, identity and access management, governance, compliance. It just is a, is a multidisciplinary field. And when we say cybersecurity and talk about this workforce gap that's in the news all the time, we're talking about it sometimes as, as some monolithic career field, and it's really not. We're speaking with John McCumber, Director of Cybersecurity Advocacy for North America at ISC Squared. And from the people that you spoke with, also important, it seems, from the charts, is that they want continued training and education once you do hire them. That's like the most important thing to them. Absolutely. This is a dynamic career field. And that's what we endeavor to do is to make sure that we can uh, address those and give them a framework for building their career going forward. And so the professionals in our field, especially those in ISC Squared, our 140,000 plus members now, uh, all, all tell us repeatedly that the critical value they have is continuing training and the ability to advance their career and keep up with changes in threats and vulnerabilities. So it's really important to be able to have those skill sets, and they look to employers who are able to do that. Uh, there's a famous saying that, that, that people say is that, you know, what happens if we train our employees and they leave? And, of course, the rejoinder, <laughs> the colorful rejoinder is, yeah, but what happens if you don't train them and they stay? So there's this an important message here for employers, uh, for government agencies and others, is to ensure the men and women in this profession have the opportunity to keep fresh. It sounds like once an organization does ingest someone, they have to make sure they fit in. In fact, you, there's some detail here about fitting right in. Tell us more about that. The challenge we have in security is that we're all advisors. Even if we're corporate, if I work for government agencies, our job is to present facts and to help those decision makers make effective risk management decisions. So that fit, part of that fit is, is people want to be, uh, want their opinions considered. They want to have knowledgeable uh, mentors and senior leadership so that they can bring these metrics and these risk decisions to light in the organization, make a, uh, a focused uh, you know, presentation on, on what's needed and how to do that, and then have that appropriate give and take. So that's part of the culture is that you know, security people easily become disaffected when their opinions are not considered or when they're brought before men and women or decision makers who are simply not in a position to understand the value that they bring. So part of this fit and culture is to ensure we're listening to each other, we're listening to people, and we provide the proper framework uh, for security personnel, people in cybersecurity, to bring their opinions forward and to have them uh, rationally considered. And John, having served in government and in industry and now in the nonprofit where you have a view over the whole thing, who do you think is better at recruiting and creating the type of culture to retain good cyber people, industry or government or, or neither? Well, up to now, it's been neither. You're exactly, you put point, nobody's 
it's been a struggle, and we see a lot of anecdotal evidence. And that's why we wanted to dig down and, and do this study to find something much more, uh, uh, much more empirical that we can work with. So we're finding the value that, that people give, or, or organizations are maturing in security. And that's a really important topic. You know, when FISMA first came out, they tried to give people grades like A through F. And they found what a disaster that is when we try to grade people and people try to gain the grade. As we now refocus that on maturity, we see that organizations that, that focus their efforts on understanding security is not some destination they'll get to, but it's a journey that they're going to be most effective. So I've seen government agencies that have been incredibly effective at doing this, as well as commercial and industrial organizations adapting these technologies and, and methodologies as well. The key is to ensure that you understand that this is a journey, that there's going to be changes, dynamism and threat vulnerabilities, and that your risk appetite can change. So being able to take those, understand how everybody, both from the decision maker to, to the, the most junior cybersecurity intern or anybody even in IT, because if you do anything without information technology, IoT or industrial control systems, you're impacting security for the organization and for your clients. Sure, and it looks as if, even though they won't work for Bupkis, the people coming into cybersecurity aren't primarily motivated by compensation, like, say, futures traders. <laughs> you know, this has been re- repeatedly uh, shown to be the case. So that I think it was about 30 or 40 years ago, there's a Harvard Business Review study that, that shocked the business world when they said that the primary motivator wasn't compensation. Uh, people want to be paid fairly. People want to have uh, benefits that you know they can use with their families, uh, and 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 everybody's looking for a fair deal. But that being said, a lot of the hype that you see in the industry about all of us making six hundred thousand dollars a year, or just being able to pack up and leave and and take our skills to the next employer for a big raise, those aren't really what drive people. Being listened to, being respected, and being able to uh, have the uh, ability to train gather new skills, and to grow in their career is really what we see as motivators. John McCumber is Director of Cybersecurity Advocacy for North America at ISC Squared. Thanks so much. It's been a real pleasure, Tom, and I look forward to speaking to you again. We'll post a link to the report and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to all of our interviews at iTunes or Podcast One.